The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on. It means a lot to us. Today, we're talking about kinship care. Sometimes a family member is not able to take care of their child. They might have an issue with drugs or mental health challenges. Whatever the reason is, there you are with a new child that you were not expecting to raise. This is what happened to today's guest, Lynn Irvina. Lynn rose to the challenge and has since become a parenting coach for other parents going through the same situation. Today, Lynn's going to share her story and what she's learned along the way. Let's check it out. It was a very unexpected event. Um, I remember coming home from church on Sunday. I remember the day it was September 5th because it's my oldest daughter's birthday. And um, our younger son had been served with a subpoena to submit for DNA testing uh, regarding whether he was the father of a child that we didn't even know had been born. And uh, it, it led to us finding out that uh, we had this beautiful little granddaughter. At the time, she was 11 months old. And um, she was living with her uh, mother uh, at the time, who was still very young. I think she was 18 at that time. And um, as things evolved, we realized she was in a difficult situation and struggling to take care of this little girl. And um, I really did not know anything about kinship resources. I wasn't even familiar with the term kinship. I imagine there's a lot of mixed feelings being in that situation. Like what, what were some of the fears? Cause it sounds just scary in a way too. Well, it can certainly just turn your world upside down. Um, my husband and I were both working full-time jobs at uh, retail stores and the hours didn't really work well with the little one in the house. So we were struggling trying to find childcare and we hadn't done that for many years and we're pretty overwhelmed at the cost and the lack of availability for childcare. And um, I'm kind of funny, I like to sleep at night and this uh -huh. little girl didn't necessarily like to sleep at night. Um, and, uh, so that kind of turned our world upside down. I bet. Well, and then you think you have this plan of how your life's going to go. <laughs> and there's probably a little bit of the feeling of like, damn, I'm supposed to be on a boat somewhere right now, <laughs> like relaxing. And now I have this new child and it certainly, uh, made us think differently about what the next 20 years would look like, um, and even when we changed those plans, uh, of course, they changed multiple times along the way. You can you can make plans and and then you have to, you know, take the detours that come along the road. And that happens with a, 
a lot of the families I work with. Sometimes the parents come back in the picture. Sometimes they were sort of involved at the beginning and then they're not. And so um, it's kind of a roller coaster ride. I imagine that's tough. Like you have your child and then their child, but the, you know, the parent child might be not in a healthy place, but they want to be involved or they don't want to be involved or how, how do you even go about setting boundaries? Cause it probably feels really personal. It does. And, and it kind of made me feel like um, I was disappointed that my adult child wasn't able to be a better parent, but in our case, he struggled with significant uh, mental uh, illness and some substance use disorder, as did the mother. And um, so I can't say I was terribly surprised, but it's still, I had hope. I had a lot of hope at the beginning that both of the parents would be more involved and I honestly did not go into this thinking it would be um, full-time forever. Totally. Is there a way to depersonalize it? Or like, how, how do you set those boundaries? Are there any kind of clear-cut rules? How, how did you navigate all that? We went to court pretty early in the process. Some families choose to and others don't. We did choose to because we wanted to have some sort of legal authority to care for this child. Mm -hmm. And um, the court helped us with the boundaries. And, and that's something that a lot of kinship caregivers struggle with because they still love their adult children. They want to help them. Um, but in our case, the court set the amount of time that the parents could be with the child. Early on, we stuck with the rules. If the parent didn't show up on the day and time they were supposed to, um, then that visit didn't happen that week. Um, we were happy to make accommodations for holidays and birthdays and things like that. But early on, we just kind of said, that's the way it is. If you can't make it, then we'll hopefully see you next time. Um, I also learned very early not to tell um, Nicole that her mom was coming mm -hmm. um, because then she was disappointed sometimes. Um, and that's something I tell a lot of the people that are in a similar situation is uh, not only when the doorbell rings, but when you know who's on the other side of the door, then you can say, oh, look, sweetie, mom's here, you know, yeah. and then it's a nice surprise rather than a disappointment because um, they weren't able to make that particular visit. Mm -hmm. I've heard of situations like that a lot. Well, and then it probably shifts the whole family dynamic in a way, because then you have your children, your grandchildren. And then your grandchild, child. Yes. Yeah. And I remember um, we we had, I think at the time we had three um, older grandchildren. Mm -hmm. We've had many since. I am the grandparent, proud grandparent of 14 grandchildren. But um, I remember there was some jealousies among the little ones because that the older grandchildren were used to being the one, particularly with my husband, grandpa was the one, you know, they just wanted to climb up on his lap. And all of a sudden there was this other little girl already on his lap. And, and it was like, well, they didn't know her because we were not familiar with her prior to her first birthday. And so it's like, who is this little girl that's on grandpa's lap and how come he won't hold me? And he tried, he, he tried to, you know, certainly give them all, all of the attention, but um, one of, one of the 
things that um, does make me sad about this whole situation is I have been able to spend less time grandparenting my other grandchildren. Yeah, it's sort of a necessary sacrifice in a way. I'm guessing too, like when you have a child, your whole life changes and then you have your social life also. So it's like other people that are your age probably are doing different things. And then you have a child or how how can you even have friends at that point? Well, many, um, many kinship caregivers and I'm including myself needed to sort of change who our friends were. It's not that we no longer cared for our other friends, but for instance, if we were invited to a three or four day overnight trip somewhere, hmm, that wasn't probably going to happen. Um, And we were both still working too, and um, most of the time, even though I changed my job. So um, it became more um, family was who we spent time with. not necessarily the birth parents, but our other children and our other relatives. And and then I made friends with some of the parents of the children that my granddaughter had made friends with. So a younger group in in some ways than I might have been spending time with otherwise. And some of those uh, families ended up being a great um, resource for us. Like if we did need to go somewhere for a weekend, then she could go and stay at their house. We knew them well. We were comfortable with leaving her there. Um, and we did take advantage of that a few times. And that was nice. And I just would advise other people to don't, don't just shut yourself in with the kids. Find ways to connect with other families who have children that age, whether they're kinship kids or not. Yeah. Well, that's how a lot of parents make friends. It's like we take our child to the basketball game and connect with all the other basketball parents. And that that makes sense. Yeah, it's not any different. You just need to get over the stigma of feeling like, oh, I'm the oldest one here. And maybe you are, but so what? You're there Uh because you, you, you care about your kids and they care about their kids. So you have a lot more in common than you might think. Yeah. Well, in talking about stigma, I'm sure that sometimes there can be this feeling of shame or, you know, there's that phrase like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And and you probably hear that and they're like, hey, sometimes it does. They're like, what if it's a windy day or something? (laughs) I love that, Bobby. Um, Dr. Joseph Crumley adds to it. He says, don't forget, there's still lots of healthy apples on that tree. Mm -hmm. So even if one falls off, there's still really um, healthy ones. And in, in my case, which is different than some caregivers, my, uh, my older children are really successful adults. They are great parents. They are self-supporting. You know, they, they do um, all the things that you might dream as a, as a parent that your kids are going to grow up and do. So when, when I heard things like that, I, I just told people, I said, you know, I I do feel bad that this one child of mine struggles, but um, our family is solid. You know, you can contact the one that works for the police department, the one that's a special education teacher, the one that runs his own business, you know, Um, and it's not that in our case, it wasn't a a generational issue. Some families, it is. Um, They might, they might not be the best place for the kids, but I'm convinced that in our case, this was where Nicole needed to be. Yeah. And just kind of getting over that 
shame you might put on yourself too. Like I'm sure everyone feels that to some degree. Absolutely. And I think it is harder when maybe that's the only child someone's had Mm -hmm. and they know that they tried really, really hard and did everything they could. And in those kinds of cases, we just encourage them to put their time and energy into the younger generation now and, and certainly still love and care for your adult child, but it's time to maybe shift your focus to helping the younger ones have a healthy outcome that might be different than their parent. Do you feel like you have a different parenting style with your kinship child versus, um, you know, like your first set of children? Oh, absolutely. And they would tell you that a hundred times over. Um, they've given me a bad time about it sometimes, but I feel like I'm, I'm more relaxed. Um, I think I have a better idea of what things really matter. And maybe I pick my battles as a parent a little more carefully than I might've before. So uh, uh, I, I think in some ways I enjoy parenting this second time around. Sure, it's a struggle and it's not what I planned, but um, you know, she, she's been a great one to spend time with. Um, she was my COVID buddy. I mean, we were in this house together for a long time and I was really grateful that she was here and I might've been by myself otherwise. How do you help children to navigate the trauma they might've been through? Cause I imagine, you know, you get a child at three years old and they have these early memories of going through something really bad. That seems tough. It can be. And we do see a lot of children in kinship care acting out and having sometimes quite violent behaviors. And it's, it's something we're constantly reminding the caregivers is that um, you probably can't parent, again, the same way you did your older ones, particularly if these children have been really traumatized. And you may not even know or want to know everything that they saw or they endured. And so keeping that trauma-informed parenting in mind. And um, I know at Family Education Support Services, Scott Hanauer is a a big um, proponent of finding trauma-informed doctors, trauma-informed psychiatrists or psychologists if your children are in need of counseling, and then taking a look at your own response. something as simple as raising your voice can really trigger a child who's just been in the midst of chaos as a young child or an older child even. You have to kind of break your normal mode. Um, You know, I've done a lot of work with that kind of stuff of like, if you get escalated where here, a kid that hasn't been through trauma might cower down, but a kid that has been through trauma is going to take it to here. So how can you get what you want without you getting escalated. And it's difficult because many of the older caregivers in particular, it's been a long time since they've um, either read parenting books or taken parenting classes. And our our support groups are a good place for them to hear how somebody else maybe managed that type of behavior. And then we also provide trainings at those. And um, I I know it's not always easy and we all mess up. I mean, you know, nobody's a perfect parent, whether it's the first time or the second time or third time around. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing too, there can be a lot of complicated legal issues or lawyers are so expensive and you probably care so much about this. And 
Any advice for navigating the legal system with all this? Um, I do think it's important to get some type of legal custody. Some people don't feel it's important. That's my personal belief is that down the road, things are going to come up where it's going to be much easier if you have some legal custody. Driver's licenses are a big thing. If you can't locate the parents and you don't have legal custody, your child's probably not going to be able to get a driver's license. Um, I would say look for all the help that you can. There's not a lot of free legal advice out there. Um, there are some clinics that will give you some advice. In the state of Washington, our child custody laws just changed and they changed dramatically. And so it's been a challenge for a lot of people. Um, and then also think about whether adoption works for your family. Um, it was the choice that we took several years after she had come to stay with us. Ask for help. Again, don't be afraid to ask for help and understand that maybe you or someone you know can help you go through that huge stack of paperwork just a piece at a time and help you figure it out. Yeah, because there could be just some huge document and it's daunting. So just breaking it into little pieces, you're saying that can help. Absolutely. Back to when I first filed for custody, I went to the courthouse and I picked up the paperwork and it was literally at least an inch thick. It may have been more than that. And I didn't know anything about the process. I went home and just cried because I looked at it and I thought, I can't do this. We did get some help and we moved forward, but I've, I've met a lot of just fabulous caregivers that are able to figure that out on their own. And they just have such determination that they make it work. Mm -hmm. You just have to. When, when you care that much about a kid and, and when you know that's part of your family and you want to keep them in your family, you'll figure it out. Any closing words of advice or resources that are out there or anything you want to share with the audience? First of all, you're not alone if you're a kinship caregiver. There are many, many, many of them uh, in Washington State. For each child that's in the foster system, there's between 12 and 15 living with relatives outside of that formal system. One of the things that's helped me a lot is um, Generations United. It's a, a national network. I'm a member of their grand network, so I represent Washington State. And if you were to look up grandfamilies.org or Generations United, they have resources. Uh, and a lot of them are broken down by state. So if you're not sure what might be available in your state, you can look. Or if you have family in another state and you're trying to maybe get a child from another state, you may be able to find some resources there too. And then look for a kinship navigator in your area. Thank you, Lynn, for being here. This was insightful, and I just I appreciate you taking the time. Well, thanks, Bobby, and I hope lots of caregivers can learn from this. Thank you, Lynn. Props to Lynn for stepping up for her family, and props to all the kinship providers out there. I know it's not easy, but you're doing a great thing. I wanna give a quick plug for our guest from a few weeks ago, Michelle Benyo. Michelle is teaching a seven week course about processing grief when you lose a child. So if that's something you wanna learn more about, go to goodgriefparenting.com slash way forward. Michelle is incredible. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. 
I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.